Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How How do you do you? Okay, so wiggly right now. I'm getting married this weekend, but more important than that, everyone (laughs) has been on the edge of their seats waiting for your dick update, waiting waiting for the results of your dick surveillance. First of all, can I just say how you are such a good friend in which you put my dick surveillance before your wedding day? I mean, we can all get married multiple times. We cannot survey dicks. For the first time, more than one time. Exactly. So exactly. I, I mean, I under, I agree and support the hierarchy. I'm just glad that you do as well. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We're all on the same page. I completed my first mission. <laughs> I really did. Check that one off. Check that one off the box. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completed the dick surveillance, and let me tell you, it went well. It went. It well. went well. It what was is a uh, whistle. <laughs> I was. It's true. Yes. It's true. All um, the rumors are true. <laughs> all the rumors are true. Yeah, it went so well, I let him uh, hit it later. <laughs> so, yeah, you did. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. Um, I, I do have a fun, funny thing that I thought okay. that I thought only this crowd would get. Okay, let's get into <laughs> so, it. So um, I told you all I was nervous about ball play, and I was like about to look at his balls and then I did and I had a really quick thought of they reminded me of this hamster I saw at Petco. I've seen you before. (laughs) I've seen you before. And I only mean that because when I saw this hamster it was asleep and so cute and it was flat. It was just spread out with its face uh, all chubby. Just all its bits going everywhere. Yeah and it was so cute. But then that's what his dick Wait no, his, that's what his, and that's balls what his dick looked like. Reminded me of when he was laying down. I was like, it's like a little chubby hamster cheek. Did you say that? No, I wish you did. I think that would have snapped us all out of the moment <laughs> if I would have started petting his balls like it was oh, a hamster. I almost got you at the pet store today. <laughs> balls. I'm so glad you followed me home. I'm so glad you followed me. Home. Sweet, Do you sweet want some germs? cheese? <laughs> just start crumbling cheese <laughs> over his balls. <laughs> I'm just feeding my little <laughs> hammy. That uh, fun fact: that was my hamster's name growing up. Hammy. Yeah. Oh my god! Ew. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please name it like ham and cheese. I was too. <clears throat> Sorry. But yeah, that is um, my weekend update, my dick update. Um, but I do have some like things to run past everyone about yeah. how this like first time with a new person went because mm-hmm. obviously, yes, I'm very excited. I had sex for the first time in eight months, and wow, did that plant need watering. <laughs> I tell you what, um, needed that. Yeah, that was good. You're like a snake plant. They can go a, lot, a long time without being watered. I'm just a succulent. Excuse I can wait me it out. for thriving in that, uh, in that the abstinent Sahara lifestyle. dry desert of my sex life. Um, but yeah, so it's all well and good, but if I 
wasn't, I feel like, who I am because of our guests and because mm-hmm. of our conversations, I absolutely would have walked away from my first experience having like a ton of shame around it and like being embarrassed because yeah. a few things happened that are so normal. Mm-hmm. And if you know how to talk about them, you can work your way through it. But it felt a little like funky in the moment. So at first, the first condom we used broke. And my God. I don't know what that was from, whether it was like the bad lube on the condoms, whether I was like a little dry because it had mm-hmm. been a while, but that one first broke and then this, putting the second one on, I don't know, just took time and then, uh-huh. you know, it takes you out for a second. Yeah. Um, You're tapped out for just just, just a quick sec. And then the lube we used got really dry and really sticky really quickly. Mm. So noth- it wasn't as like smooth as I wanted that yeah. transition to be. Um, and then I just like got dry really quickly. Because it had been a while. And then that's a body. And that's a body. And because of that, I had to stop before we decided, before like orgasming. Mm -hmm. Before Before we decided to complete together. (laughs) Before we completed (laughs) together. Um, Yeah. So I had to stop because it like started hurting. And I feel like that used to happen to me before. And I used Mm -hmm. to be like so apologetic and like so like this is my fault. He's going to walk away from this hating me. He's going to never want to have sex with me again. But we had a great time. We just couldn't finish. And I had to stop. And the lube sucked. And the condom broke. But it was still great sex. It was still great sex. And we were able to talk through it. And then he stayed over. And it was just, it was perfect. I love that. It was a great evening, yes. I feel like that just exemplifies how shifting your perspective yes can completely change things because mm-hmm. i think both of us a year or two ago would have been like well failure, failure. i suck there's something wrong with me and it's like no that's what yeah. having sex is it's not perfect it's messy and if you can find somebody that you can have messy sex with mm-hmm. like it's gonna be perfect that's so much fucking better yeah so anyway that is my update it's going great um i'm having fun and you have one more update from this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. Because Emma fucks and then leaves. <laughs> I do. I'm a runner. <laughs> I'm a runner. I'm a track star with that one. I had to leave. I had a, a bachelor party this weekend. And um, he surprised me with being a little dirty via texting. A little dirty bird. SMS. I know. He we like Who says SMS. If you're if it's green, it's SMS. He's not green though. He has an iPhone, so I don't okay. know why I said that. So that's good. I was just sprinkling in some sass. Red flag, avoided. Avoided. <laughs> Pushed away. Um, but yeah, we started sexting a little bit, and it actually went really well as well. He, uh, I think we started like being really funny about like what positions mm-hmm. we liked, and like really getting like detailed with it. And again, talking about past sex experience used to also make me insecure. Okay. But now it's fun because now yeah. we know what we like. Exactly. Now it can be a turn on. Yeah, exactly. So we started like talking about being in all those positions and like being on top. And he's like, yeah, well, being when you were on top, your pussy felt really good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, she tastes good too. <laughs> and that was my favorite line from the night that I have done. You are a writer charles dickens charles stepped down dickens i was like i closed my eyes and pressed send on that um i've got this did you tell anybody at the moment that you were sending that no i was alone i, I was oh. like i was going to bed i was like oh i thought you were like with all oh the people no no, no. I, this was the night before i left this so was at your mom's yeah this is <laughs> my, my house of childhood 
where I was sleeping on the couch <laughs> because my grandma was in my room. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where the best sexting happens. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and we talked about like um, where perhaps if you were to finish outside my body, <laughs> I would like it to be. You're like, I have an episode for that. <laughs> Right in my eyeball, actually. Actually, could. I'd like the bird poo straight down from the top of my forehead. The bird poo. I want the plop on my forehead. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me, Daddy. I'll move my hat so you can reach. Um, uh, so yeah, it was. So where just, did you say? I said my stomach and my okay. chest. Right in the belly button. Right. And if you I fill up inside. the well of my belly button, I'd be happiest. Thank you. Um, and I feel like he's. We said one more other thing. I can't remember. I don't know. We just did a really good job. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you. That's Thanks. huge. I know it was huge. It was a lot of really big steps. Um. Anyway, what's new with you? <laughs> um. I had sex three times yesterday. Whoa! All with the same person. <laughs> oh, Ooh. my Beyonce. I know. So boring, but it was really good and it was really fun. That's um. Good. There's really not much more to say. No, that's on amazing. That How did you have so much spunk? So I much don't know. Energy. I'm ovulating right now, mm, so that'll that do we it. used condom. Oh, <laughs> for good. sure. Um, oh yeah, because we're not on birth control. No, not did even... you just remember that? Duh. Neither of us are. No, I remembered that night. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like uh, we could talk later. <laughs> Oopsie. Um, yeah, and it was so much fun, and it was great, and good. yeah, ten out of ten. That's amazing. Um, now I have to expose myself potentially, and I am praying to sweet baby Jesus yeah. that you've experienced this too. Fingers crossed. So for you. I went and got a Brazilian wax. Oh, maybe that was part of the spunk too. Love it. Um, yeah. But okay, I went to the same place that you went to, uh-huh. and I had to get on all fours and then drop onto my elbows, which is the most Here. compromised position in case you go can't. get on youtube and uh see emma <laughs> you're about to give me a blow not <laughs> another person in my face region and their crotch right there but this um, is how you are and they get back in your ass yeah and i've just never i've never had i've like, had brazilians too? before i didn't okay i, I didn't, didn't know where this is going no so she did the whole thing and then i had to get on all fours and i was very clean and then she's like, okay, I'm just going to clean up back here. <laughs> and she wiped my ass. Yeah. So that's that happened. Okay, yeah. thank God. Yeah. I thought there was something I had missed. No. <laughs> and I was no. like, I'm foul. I am dirty. I am <laughs> I shit everywhere and I didn't know it. Because I, I, like, they hand you a wipe before you even start. Right. So I, like, took care of business. I mean, I think it's also just to, like, prep the, the area for waxing Makes and sense. removal. Um, no, I get my ice, uh, my ice wiped, <laughs> <laughs> my ass wiped every time. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I've only been a few times, but yeah, that's but how sad would that be for me if it was just me? If <laughs> wow. You just were, this girl can shit herself and not even know. <laughs> if you were like, oh my God, Stunning. that's never happened to me. <laughs> so that's good I hear to know. I only do that to like gerbils. <laughs> <laughs> gerbils, and hamsters, and cats. You. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're not alone. But I'm just, so proud of you. Thank you. Having somebody wipe your ass is weird feeling. That's true. That's <laughs> there's only a handful of times I can remember. That was the weirdest part of it for me. Yeah. Was having somebody like wipe my, like and she got in my labia like <laughs> she was like moving shit around. Yeah. It makes it sound like I have some real long <laughs> curtains down there. I mean, you can <laughs> join the club you know if what? you do. <laughs> 
there's this girl on TikTok that's like, you know that trend where it's like talking to someone who is longer labia than me and then it flips and it's no one it's else. No one. So I get that with her. <laughs> me and her both. You can join the club I if mean, you're cool. But I'm I'm cool. <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm, you're very cool. Well, based on this experience, I'm cool. If you're having to like move things around, <laughs> hold things to the side, I guess I'm pretty cool. You <laughs> Hey, don't glare at me. Believe me. I believe you. And then my ass was wiped. Ugh. So it was intense. It was an intense um, moment for all of us. Yeah. Oh <laughs> As my, my voice cracks. <laughs> yeah. She's really nervous about this. Um, so those are all my, that's my weekend update. I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing. You're I'm so, so happy welcome. you got some premarital sex in. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get, I know, I don't have much time to get that in. No. Ugh. Get her so in. weird that get I'm going to be in. married. No, it is really weird. I think I'm too young. Child bride. I know. Um, people who aren't child brides, <laughs> like our guest today. Yeah. Beautiful transition. Thank you. Beautiful transition. Gigi Ingle. Yes. Uh, a goddess. Goddess. So we've talked about talking about sex before. Mm-hmm. That's nothing new. But I think that we just have more questions now. Mm-hmm. More specifics. I mean, yes, there's like how to bring up sex, but there's specific questions. Like how, how do you... Jinx, Jinx. You, you how go. do you tell someone they suck they suck it with how do you tell like one of my favorite questions is like you start having the conversation and you feel like a tone shift mm-hmm. how do you get back on track from that exactly how do you ask for validation these were just very real applicable questions that you're like oh fuck yeah that has happened to me yeah like and it will and it will no and matter who you are, what you're doing, if you're talking about sex, these things are going to come up. So yep. you're fucking welcome you're fucking for welcome. doing the Lord's work and getting you the damn answers. Yes. So enjoy, Gigi. <laughs> and we'll see you Sometimes on the other side. Sometimes I get side. distracted with the camera. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Okay. This is fun for me, though. All right. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. We'll see you on the other side, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just about 45 minutes. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm Gigi Engel. I'm a sexual health journalist and an author uh, of the book, All the Fucking Mistakes. Um, and I am a certified sex educator and a psychotherapist in training. Wonderful. What is All the Fucking Mistakes about? Um, well, it's kind of a part educational book, part like filled with a lot of really raunchy stories from like back in my slutty 20s. <laughs> Uh, but it's sort of like uh it's like your agony aunt's kind of cool it's like if your cool aunt taught you all the things that you needed to know about sex oh, i love that that's kind of the vibe we want to emulate in general in yeah. our <laughs> so that's great and what we really want our cool aunt to teach us is like how to talk about sex we have that's just it's such a big part of a relationship of a situationship you know and mm-hmm. we need to know how to talk about it when you're with a partner. So what are some of the biggest challenges to talking about sex? Like, why don't we do it enough? I mean, I mean, first of all, I think it's the fact that it's just not something people talk about. It's not something that we teach kids about. Um, we have these like weird ideas that like, if you talk about sex with kids or with young people, that they'll become super sexual, even though the opposite is true. But we have no problem teaching them about everything else in life from like empathy to being a good to being a good friend to like having table manners but like when it comes to sex we just say nothing and so it's automatically put into this category of being like taboo and wrong and you're then you get the message even if it's subconscious that like it's not okay to talk about Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know, when that's like a message that's embedded in you, um, it can be very difficult to broach those topics because like you, first of all, I've never developed the vocabulary to talk about sex in any like way that you could feel comfortable, like being conversational about it. Um, but also it's like, it has, if you talk about sex, it's considered that like, there's something wrong with you or you're like, mm -hmm. you're slutty or like you're criticizing your partner. And we're just, we're not really taught the fundamentals on like how to have those conversations. So I think that's what makes it so difficult. You're like, you just learn about sex from porn, which is like trying to learn how to swim by watching Michael Phelps do laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. It's not going to do it. It's not going to yeah. cut it. Just I like, it just like does not make sense. Absolutely. I definitely want to get into some of those fundamentals. But before we do that, I'm wondering if like, what are some of the common mistakes that we're making when we are talking about sex since we don't have those? Um, I mean, when we talk about sex, I don't know if there's like specific, I feel like if you're talking about sex, like you're going to make mistakes. And I think mm -hmm. that that's just something that you need to understand. Cause like, I think that talking about anything, um, especially something that's like highly contentious because people don't want to talk about sex, like you're going to screw up. So like, just, you got to be kind of kind to yourself and be willing to know that like, you're probably going to make a mistake and it's probably going to be awkward. And it's like, that's just, that's just the nature of it sometimes mm -hmm. if you're not used to doing it. Um, but when it comes to like some mistakes, I think that people tend to use a lot of I, a lot of you statements instead of I mm. statements, like you're doing this wrong or you're not uh, giving me enough orgasms or you're not good at giving oral sex, like that kind of thing, instead of like making it more about like, this is what I need to have an orgasm or this is how I like to be touched so that it's like you're taking responsibility for your own orgasm instead of blaming someone. Because if you start to use I statements with uh, use statements with people, not I statements, that immediately gets offensive because that's yeah. like, it's, it feels like a personal attack. And even if you don't mean it to, it can't come off that way. Mm -hmm. I think another big mistake people make is like trying to have conversations about sex when you're like naked yeah. or when you're like, like in the middle of sex. And like, <laughs> that is not, that I never advise that. I, I say like that, every, that when it comes to sex, you need, um, uh, tone, tone and turf. So like you should be outside of the bedroom. It should be like in a neutral place, maybe like a screen free, like dinner that you're having with your partner or like on the couch when you're relaxing and then ask them if they first you have to get consent for the conversation and ask if they're like comfortable talking about that. And then I say the other thing when it comes to the other thing is tone is to keep it really like positive to start with, I call it a shit sandwich, <laughs> but like to <laughs> to start with something really positive like what you really like about your sex life and all the really great things they do and then and then add the shit part yeah. <laughs> like which is not it's, like that sounds harsher than it is it's more it's more just like but I would love it if we could do more of this or I would love it if you could uh, like you know use your mouth more because that feels so good to me but all, but like oh my god you're so hot you're so good at sex so that's like the second part of like mm. the sandwich so like you've slipped in the suggestion <laughs> I love that. I've always yeah. called it two stars and a wish, but I like shit sandwich so much better. That's so much more fun. Has, I just think it has so much like punch. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> How can you kind of like backtrack or save a conversation if you feel like someone's like not clearly understanding you or starting to get a little defensive if they feel like on the receiving end of this shit sandwich? You know, how do you kind of get the tone back to a constructive conversation I mean I think that this is where a psychosexual tactic comes in that's really helpful which is called empathetic listening 
which is like, um, if they're starting to be, it gets offensive, like I'll give an example. Like if you're like, you know, I would really like more oral sex and they're just like, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, I think I do a great job, but to instead be like, and empathetic listening means acknowledging what your partner is feeling. So saying like, okay, I hear you. I understand. I hear that you are getting a little bit upset because you think I'm not appreciating your oral sex skills, but this is actually what I'm saying. And I think that can defuse it quite a bit because people just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they really, and if it does become uh, like a heated thing, which I mean, those conversations really can, they're kind of, they kind of hit you right in the soft spot when you're like not prepared for them. So you can always just be like, you know, okay, that's fine. Um, I understand like, like, this is not a conversation you want to have right now. Let's table it. We'll talk about it another time. Mm-hmm. And then like bring it up at another time, maybe when they're like in a better mood or just be like, you can bring it up later and be like, not the same day, maybe give it a few days <laughs> and just be like, be like, you know, we were talking about sex, uh, our sex life the other day. And like, I know that that got, you know, more, that got like darker than I wanted it to. <laughs> but, like, this is what, but, but like, this is what I was actually trying to say or like, and I, and I just, and you can, and one of my favorite things to say to people is to tell your partner that you are in a growth mindset, you, uh, you, around sex and that you are interested in always expanding your sex life and always expanding your sexual repertoire and trying new things. And that, and that's, that's where you are in your journey and you, you cannot make them join you, but you can invite them. Yeah. I, I like that. that a lot because it again, centers it back to you. Be like, I'm just trying to grow, baby. Like, come on, we gotta, (laughs) we're just trying to have better sex. And Mm -hmm. that's why we should be having this conversation. So I really like that. If you're trying to start that conversation and like you were saying, obviously making sure that you get consent, but if you're like, oh, I really want to talk about our sex life. Is that okay with you? And they're like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like, what do you do from there? Is that kind of just like a, well, great. (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of people would immediately go, well, great. I actually am not even sure, like, if I were hit with that right away, if, like, my immediate reaction would be, like, the, the good the good thing. Mm-hmm. I would just be, like, top notch yeah. and walk out of the room. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that that's not right. But, like, um, I think, like, again, that's, like, where you can talk about the growth mindset thing. And you can mm-hmm. also just say, you know, like, sex is, a, sex is a very important part of relationships. It's not the most, not the most important thing, but it is a very important thing. And it means a lot to me. And you not being willing to engage in that conversation is hurting my feelings. And like, that makes me feel bad that you won't talk about our sex life. Because like, again, I am in this growth mindset. I want to have a really good sex life. And like being able to communicate about sex is a very important aspect of having a, a relationship for me. And so like, I need you to be able to figure out how to engage with this with me. I like that response because I feel like, a lot of the times when we're told like, no, I'm not comfortable. You're just like, oh, okay. Or at least that's mm-hmm. how you and I think. But if you're like, no, but in this situation, you saying that is hurting my feelings and you're kind of like leaving me hanging in this mm-hmm. relationship on this aspect. And so like, I need mm-hmm. you to figure out how to come into this conversation. Yeah. And so I like putting yeah. that responsibility on them because that is, it's a huge it's, responsibility. Right. It's their responsibility to, right. to, to educate themselves on that. And I think like, like putting the emphasis on like how that's a really important thing for you. And like, if they're not willing to get on board with this growth mindset, like, and I'm not saying this would be a deal breaker for everyone, but it's an, if it, if someone will not engage with your sex life and it is really, really important to you to have good sex, which honestly it is for all of us, let's be real. Um, <laughs> then it's like perfectly okay to break up with someone for that reason. Like I have a lot of people who come to me and a lot of times people are coming to me because they are looking for the a way to end a relationship and uh or like looking i'm trying to figure out if this is 
something they should stay in. And like, if somebody's not willing to engage in sex with you, we have this like cultural idea that like sex isn't that important. So like, if you don't have a good sex life, like, oh, but they're so nice. Oh, they take the trash out. Like, okay, pretty bottom, pretty bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Like, oh, the sex isn't great. Like, oh, that's not a big deal. But like, it is a big deal. And it's actually a completely legitimate reason to end the relationship. If like your sexual needs are not being met and they are not putting effort in and are not willing to uh, improve their, their uh, sex, sexual skills. So it's like people are coming for you for permission to hear that where it's like, I think sex. So. a lot of the time that can be a thing mm-hmm. where they like, they kind of know they're kind of in this, like a relationship ambivalent state where it's like, should I stay? Should I go? And then they just want me to confirm that like they have the permission to, to leave a relationship if they want to, mm-hmm. and that they're not like bad and they're not like being ridiculous because they're leaving someone because the sex isn't good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been there too. You know, you're Mm -hmm. looking for the validation when like you're constantly caught up inside your head. Like sex was a big issue in my last relationship. It ended up being for like more reasons than just like, oh, we're physically not getting along right now. But you are looking for someone to be like, that's a really valid pillar in the relationship and not something to be like breezed over. You should be looking at that. So Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense. And then there's a lot of like instances where like partners will gaslight you into thinking that sex isn't that big of a deal. And like, you're the one with the problem for thinking it's a big deal. And like, that's bullshit. Is it ever the solution? (laughs) And I'm going to say no, but in my last relationship where we talked about it too much, like, is that ever a problem? (laughs) I think it's, it's only, it can only, it's not really a problem per se, but it can be an issue if you are constantly talking about it, but nothing is changing. Uh-huh. Like that's like, if you're not taking the actions or, or like, you don't have to tell me the situation, but like, I think sometimes people will be like, oh yeah, you're right. We will have sex more. Or like, yeah, you're right. I will do more of that. And then they just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're constantly talking about it, but nothing is changing. And that just, that almost can feed the resentment even more. It's like, you know what I need and you're not doing it. Yeah. Exactly. The situation that keeps popping up into my head, it's not like a specific situation, but just general of like, if the person wanting to talk about sex is really nervous to do so, because I think I forget that we aren't all talking about sex (laughs) 24-7, just because we are in our lives doesn't mean that everybody else is. And so it's like, if you're really nervous, how do you, are there like ways to practice it without a partner or like practice with friends or like practice in the mirror? Like, are there ways <laughs> to practice talking about sex? I mean, I would definitely do all of those things. I think like ta- we need to be like, we, um, some people need to be like talking about sex with our friends a lot more and like not being afraid to have those conversations. That is really good practice. Um, I mean, of course you can see like a therapist or a coach who's like a sex positive person who will Mm -hmm. talk to you about sex and that can help you get more comfortable with those conversations um and also I think it's just it's a lot of it is practice and totally you can talk in the mirror if you want to (laughs) like you do you you can you can use your vibrators and microphone yeah (laughs) hello how we doing out there tonight (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you know I think that's gonna help but I think it's like also embracing that like talking about sex like we don't have practice with that it's awkward as hell and like don't not have the conversation because you feel uncomfortable because like your your partner is not gonna be like super comfortable 
either. Unless you're like someone, I mean, like I talk about sex for a living. It's like, that's a different advantage. But Mm -hmm. the average person is going to be freaked out talking about sex because, and they're so scared of getting rejected. So I think it's like, you got to stop pretending like if you're going to practice so hard and then you're not going to talk about sex till you're like amazing at talking about sex because like you'll never talk about it and that's not realistic yeah that's very true is there ever a too early in a relationship or situationship to start talking about sex oh i don't think so at all i think you should i think you personally i think you should talk about sex pretty much right away because i think it sets up a lot of really red flags um if they're if they're not receptive to that if they get too sexual too quickly and make you uncomfortable and then i mean like then you want to set a boundary and be like oh you know i like to talk about sex but like you're getting that's a little intense for me and if they don't respect your boundary sayonara mm-hmm. um if uh but talking about sex and kind of talking about your desires and your kinks and interests and stuff i don't think there's anything wrong with that because someone who's actually like cool and down to clown is like one not going to judge you for that and two is not going to be like scandalized by it right and also like and also someone who's worth your time isn't going to be a complete creep about it mm-hmm. and i i think that i i think people should have sex whenever they're ready to have sex but like i kind of think the sooner the better because you want to know like if that's something you want to invest more time in i love that answer i do too i really do um what was I going to say? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm someone who, if I like you, I get comfortable pretty quickly. And so I find myself asking those questions or like bringing up these topics quickly. And I'm like, I don't know if this is too much or not, or if I'm no, getting like, too personal too quick. Being, it's authentic. It's authentic. And I think that someone who's down and someone who's cool is going to love that about you. And someone who doesn't, peace out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Down to clown. I like, I like that. that you need somebody who can meet you there. Yeah. Because I mean, it's not going to get better. (laughs) It only gets more intense. only gets more (laughs) aggressive. So I guess I got to start off authentic. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can come to different conversations with people you're dating, people you're talking to, like, as quickly as possible with just your authentic self, not trying to play, like, the cool girl or trying to play chill or trying to play games, like, people who have, like, actual secure attachment styles and are looking for something serious are going to see right through that immediately and are not going to be down right. to like hang out with you again. So just be yourself. That's so, that's the wording I've been looking for that I feel like you and I both, I don't think we have a secure attachment styles, but <laughs> I think we have. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. But when we are around people who we can tell this like facade is kind of up for whatever mm-hmm. their reason is, but it's like we get a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's like, ooh, I don't think I can trust you. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel good. Okay, you go to your question. Yeah. That was a tangent. Oh, I was going to ask. So like in terms of things that we're talking about when it comes to sex, you mentioned like desires, kinks, all of that. Is there anything else? Like, should we be talking about our attachment style? Like, I guess it depends on the person and like who we're talking to. Should we be bringing up like past trauma that might come up? Like, how do you have all of those different conversations? And like, is it too like, is the first date too soon to be like, yeah, I had this really horrible experience. Like if you're comfortable doing that. I mean, I think that there is a, Again, there's no perfect answer for this, mm-hmm. being such a therapist right now. Um, <laughs> I can't be definitive, but I do think that there's a line between being authentic and unloading trauma on yes. someone who did not ask for that. Because mm-hmm. um, a first date like is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be cool. It's not supposed to be about like you talking about like your past domestic abuse situation, like maybe right. on the first date. Yes, of course, you should be able to share that stuff and be authentic about it. But like, 
you really just met this person and they want to have a fun first date and hopefully you want to have a fun first date not talk about like your deeply traumatic past and then they're like oh that's a lot for a date I just thought we were having sushi but Mm -hmm. okay yeah it's a little different talking about like I'm really into this specific thing and here's all of this shit that happened to me talk about a shit sandwich talk about a shit sandwich (laughs) I mean sex I think sex is a different thing because like First of all, you want to know what somebody's into sexually right away because that's actually going to impact your relationship with them. But also sex is not it's not heavy. At least it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It's not like tra- it's not like trauma. I mean, people of course have sexual trauma, but it's like talking about sex, talking about your interests, like that is fun. That's flirty. Mm-hmm. Maybe unloading like a intense amount of trauma within the first couple of dates is like maybe hold off on that a little bit and wait until you're honestly like even if you feel really comfortable with the person you do not know them. Right. And that is just the reality of it. So like, you know, I think you need to be, people should be a little more cautious with the personal information that they choose to share with people. Because like at the end of the day, that person is a stranger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something like vulnerable could get like the moment could be ruined or hurt you more. If you bring mm-hmm. up something when the, it's just not the right person and not the right time. Um mm-hmm. It's like reading that room. So you've touched on it a few, a lot, but for an explicit like moment for it, what are the benefits of being so open and so honest about sex with someone? Um, I mean, I think you have a lot better sex. (laughs) Most definitely. I think you kind of instantly start to build that comfort because like feeling safe, feeling relaxed um, with another person is like completely key to having good sexual experiences and pretty much pivotal in having orgasms because like if you're all wrapped up in your head and you're freaked out that the other person is like like not into it or like they're doing something wrong like you're not going to have an orgasm from that and everyone deserves to have an orgasm of that so I think and then I think you have like less fear about things like bringing a vibrator into sex if you've already talked about that and you're like oh I love bringing my vibrator into sex again you weed it out the week if they're like oh I would never do that you're like (laughs) weed it out the week (laughs) Yeah, you'd be like, dump him, peace out. Mm-hmm. So um, I think having those conversations is really, really helpful. Also, I think you you kind of know what to expect. And hopefully with those conversations, you can also not just talk about stuff you like, but also stuff that you are not interested in. Because there are these instances now where like, and like I've seen a lot of research on it, where like guys are just like choking women um, first dates the first time they have sex because like they saw it in porn and thought that's like an okay to do. Like don't know they need to get consent. And like, like all kinds of like messed up things that people see in porn. Um, and so I think talking about your boundaries, talking about what you're interested in is, is can be very important. And then you have a much better chance of having a more connected, fun, explorative experience. It'll still probably be awkward because sex is a learned set of skills. <laughs> it is not inherent. Uh-huh. Um, but like the connection is already starting to be built sexually. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Is it bad to call attention to the awkwardness? Because sometimes I feel like that can make it better or (laughs) worse. Because I've had scenarios where it's, I'm not even talking about sex necessarily, but like in my example, but it's like, I'll be like, oh, this is really awkward. And it makes it more awkward. But like in the, in regards to sex, is it okay to be like, yeah, I feel like this is a little awkward, but that's okay. (laughs) To be fair though, you Mm -hmm. don't say it. I'm not talking about me. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Never mind. Continue with the question. I would never do that. 
Okay. No, I'm kidding. No, I definitely have done that. I've actually like, I've actually like burst out laughing during sex or something was so awkward before. And like, my husband really like thought it was really funny too. He was like, that was weird, right? And I was like, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> that was a weird thing. It was a weird sound. Like I've, there's been definitely occasions where like, um, I've done dirty talking and then I've said just like the wrong thing, <laughs> like, with, like, like really crossed the line. And so it's like, and then you're kind of just like, that happened. Here we are. Really I think it's like, just, I think just like, own, it's like that's that, that, I don't know. There was like this meme that was out where this like tweet where it was like still thinking about the time a guy was going down on me and he looked up at me and I waved. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. Hi. Hey, how's it going down there? Hello. Like, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to acknowledge awkwardness if you feel comfortable doing that. If it makes it weird and like they, and then they get uncomfortable, I think it is important to be like, hey, like, sorry, I pointed that out when we were naked and I didn't, I I just thought it was kind of like awkward and funny, but I I know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that upset you and I apologize for doing that. It's like, I didn't go about it well, sorry. (laughs) What was that? I was just be like. I think it's not like you don't feel bad for saying it. Never say I feel bad for saying it. We all know we don't. But you can just be like, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Right. That's like not apologizing for saying it. Right. That's so true. Sorry. That's a good way. Like, because that's not something you want to hear normally when somebody's apologizing. Like, like, I'm so sorry for making you feel that way. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Be sorry for what you did. But in that scenario, you're not. Yeah. I really like that. And also, it's kind of like. You didn't didn't do anything mean, though. It was like you just said something awkward. Exactly. It's not like you were being like, stop doing that, you sucky piece of shit. And you were like, I don't think I was that. I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Something deep down, I think. Well, address that later we'll i'll have to look at Clothes. that yeah. but also oh, with man, awkward... I should go to therapy yeah i should go to therapy with that one with awkward stuff it's like we're never not gonna do it again so it's like don't apologize for doing it right it, it's like apologize correctly and like mm-hmm. i'm sorry i made you feel that way it'll happen again yeah but... get ready i hope that's okay i think that kind of adds that adds like a nice like kind of like funny little add to it to be like mm. probably gonna do that again i'm not gonna lie that's just the first that i am it's just where this noodle is going so if you can point out the awkwardness by being like funny or confident about it then it's good but if yeah. it's just gonna make it worse i feel like as long as you have the confidence to backtrack out of the awkwardness for mm-hmm. the situation i feel like it's not as bad but if you're going to also contribute to the awkwardness and like now you guys are just sitting there naked, elbows touching, like that's probably not a great situation. Well, <laughs> that's just where I'm at. We did a uh, mutual masturbation episode and we ta- we did like a bunch of things very vulnerable in the mirror. And this is just relating back to what you're saying. Like when you talk about it, it feels more comfortable because in the moment you're not thinking about it. And so we did things that felt like really vulnerable. We looked at ourselves in the mirror. We like saw how our like bodies like <laughs> look during sex. And now it feels like something I just won't think about as much in sex. So if that can translate into these conversations, that would be amazing because of how much I feel like we're in our heads mm-hmm. when you're. Oh yeah. And I mean, we're like one of the, one of the first things I do with a lot of things I do with clients is I get, you'd be honestly astounded by like how few people have even ever looked at their own vulva before, mm-hmm. like have never looked at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that cre- can create just such a profound mind body disconnect. 
And I think having that disconnect creates such anxiety around, around sex and around how you look and like thinking that you're like, labia are too long or weird and like it smells down there and who's going to want to be down there. It's like, that doesn't exactly create sexual confidence. So I think the more that you can connect with it, celebrate it for all the orgasms it brings you like that, that helps with confidence as well, because you're like, you're so lucky to be getting up in this damn pussy. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Well, and that's a time when maybe it's not good to mention like the things you're most insecure about, like if they're going down and you're like, sorry, right. it's a little stinky down there. <laughs> that's probably not the sorry, best Sorry, I have to time. push past some curtains to get through. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a great time. Yeah, that's when, what I would do it. Though. When do you? <laughs> but in that way, you're at least for me, I'm looking for validation to hear like, oh, no, I'm enjoying my time. So when should you be like seeking that validation because saying that in the moment probably won't help sometimes. I don't know. It hasn't. <laughs> if I were, it hasn't. But yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I think it's completely valid to want validation during sex. Both people do. You want to be told you're hot and like sexy and perfect and amazing in bed and have a rocking body. So like, I feel like it's okay to be like, did you like that? Like, was there anything I did that you liked particularly? Or like, do you think I look good naked? It's okay to ask for validation. I think it can, it, it's, and it's worded like that, as opposed to being like, oh, I look so gross. Oh, you probably don't want to like go have, go down on me. Some gross down there. It's like, that, that's like, that's not fun. And that's, uh, you know, that's more like self, self deprecating to yourself rather right. than being like, tell me I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Tell it, do it. So when you're talking about likes and dislikes, would that be an appropriate time to be like, yeah, so I do have some insecurities around my vulva. So like any sort of validation is really helpful for me in that type of moment, but you're not actively naked. Oh, absolutely. You can okay. totally say that. If you're just like, you're like, it's like, that's, that's being vulnerable in a really constructive way. If you're like, you know, I do have insecurities about, um, about my vulva. Like I, and anytime I, an enthusiasm for me is the, 90% of what I enjoy. So if you can just let me know that like you are happy as hell to be there, mm -hmm. it's going to make it a lot easier for me to orgasm. That's a really good yeah. situation that you just brought up. That's Thank a great, okay. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> it's a, that's a good point. Cause you're like being, if you're already there in that conversation of likes and dislikes and being like, also I could really use some cheerleading when you're there. Mm -hmm. Just give me a song, <laughs> give me a pom pom. I don't know. That'll make me feel Woo! a lot better. <laughs> Smells great. <laughs> Anything. That could be really nice. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked your uh, answer. I appreciate it. Yes. So we put out like this question box about like burning questions about sex. And we got a lot actually about how to have different conversations, but mainly about how to say when things aren't going right in the moment. Um, so mm -hmm. one listener asked about like faking orgasm and mm -hmm. how do I talk about that? Do I, do I talk about that? Like I want sex to get better, but I've been giving all of this like fake validation for a while. So mm -hmm. how do I have a conversation about that without completely destroying and obliterating your partner? I mean, first of all, that is not an easy conversation to have. So to like pretend that the other person is not going to feel like maybe like disappointed, not because they're like, you're like disappointed at you. They're going to be disappointed in themselves for not having like, right. For me, first of all, giving, not doing what you needed to have an orgasm, but also 
the fact that they thought they did a good job and you were faking an orgasm and felt like you needed to do that for their ego. So mm-hmm. I think like the best way to have that conversation is to just be like, this is, again, it's a, you make it about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, you know, I feel like I feel so badly that I have to like have this conversation with you because like I, I've been putting it off for so long because it, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. But like, I often fake orgasms because I get like, for whatever reason, let's say like, you're not getting enough, they're not getting enough stimulation in like a specific way. First of all, you should masturbate a lot and figure out exactly what you do need so you can give them instructions after this. Um, and it just be like, and I, like, you're like, you're wonderful at sex. I love having sex with you, but like, I would be, but I think it's not doing our relationship a service to lie. And I have been faking orgasms and I would love to have to like work on some of our sexual skills so that we can connect better. And I can maybe like focus more on the things that give me orgasms because like, obviously, obviously I don't really know that well because I would have been probably doing them and maybe, and like what you're doing may work, may have worked for other partners in the past, but everybody is different. So I would love if we could work on that a bit. I know I don't want you to feel bad about it. I know that you probably do a little bit because that's not a great thing to hear. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want us to be able to move forward from this. Wow. Well done. That was like a perfectly yeah. wrapped up way to bring that up. What kind of response can you reasonably expect to get back? I mean, I think that there are it's kind of hard to call, but I think there are definitely going to be people who are like, what you've been faking orgasms. Oh my God. And then there's going to be people who get really insecure and are like, Oh my God, I'm terrible at sex and may like pull away a little bit for a bit. And just kind of, you kind of have to give them that space. Um, and maybe come back at like a you know few hours or like the next day. And just be like, I, I know that was like a hard conversation to have, but like, I really do love having sex with you. And I, our sex life is so important to me. And I just want us to be in this again, growth mindset together. <laughs> Um, and you like, and be like, trust me, I didn't want to fake orgasms. You can even say like the first time you did it and then it, and then you felt pressure to then continue doing it because you felt like you had already done it the first time. Cause I think that like a lot of that, that a lot of it is a snowball. It's like you fake it one time. Cause you're like, I'm probably not going to orgasm. So you fake it. And then the next time you're expected to orgasm again, so you have to do it again. And then you get into a loop. So I think you can just do it that way too. And, and, and you can be like, it's not really your fault because I was clearly giving the signs that what you were doing was the right thing right. when it wasn't, which is really, I take responsibility for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to faking orgasms, please don't fake orgasms. It like in general, because like it teaches, it does a, it does a lot of things. It's very bad for humanity. Cause first of all, that partner is never going to get better at sex, mm-hmm. which means that if you guys break up and they start seeing someone else, they're not going to be good at sex with that other person either. And then they're probably going to fake orgasms too. So like, Tell, tell them what you need because like first of all you deserve to have orgasms no faking it but also you're doing the world a disservice <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody, everybody's faking orgasms that's why we're all faking orgasms like people fake orgasms and it snowballed and now everyone's mm-hmm. faking orgasms and now we're getting these like <laughs> we're getting like like p and the v pounded like there's no mm-hmm. clitoral action and we're like yeah give it to me <laughs> maybe this is bad but If you are in a situation where you've been faking orgasms and you're like, I really don't want to have this conversation, would it be bad to just stop faking them and start asking for what you want? 
you actually can't. That's actually a very good strategy. If you feel like you can, um, if you can kind of, I mean, you can totally just stop faking them if you want to just do that for sure. But you can all, I think you can also like taper off, like, <laughs> like not like be a little less enthusiastic. That was time. a weaker one. That was a weaker. You're losing your touch. <laughs> we'll have to work on that. Or to just be like, you're like, you know, I love the stuff that we do during sex, but you know, I, I really want to bring like a sex toy in. It's like, that's kind of a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, I would really like more of this or more of that. I feel like that would be, that would give me like even more pleasure and kind of just move them into the things that you like that they do. If they don't do anything you like, you might want to reevaluate if that's like something you want to work on. Yeah. Totally can work on it, but honestly, if they're not doing anything right and you've been having sex for a really long time, yeah. Have you ever? No. Faked? Not with my current partner. It's been no. five years. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. No, I'm too. Um, I get a little mean yeah. if I don't work out. I used to. Uh, I've worked on that. Um, now I'm a lot nicer. That's but funny. I used to be like a little feisty if I didn't, and I would be. Yeah, it wasn't very fair or nice because I wasn't asking for what I wanted. I'm not saying this fair. is right. I wasn't fair. <laughs> but or just... I was just a little bitchy Got if it. I didn't. And it, I made it uh, very obvious mm. that I did not orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> Just so. dead eyes straight in the face. <laughs> I didn't come. <laughs> I didn't come. I've done it before. I mean, I... Not, not, not too blamed because it's like if you RSVP to the party, you better come. Yeah. <laughs> you better come. That's what I was saying. <laughs> Um, I have, and I just, I just want to like also make people feel like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's very common to fake mm-hmm. it. It's oh, not I totally just, fake orgasm. Yeah. God, being like 15 and thinking that like, God, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> my God, he touched my outer labia. <laughs> have an orgasm. <laughs> you need to validate him. Yeah. Ooh, so yeah. we've all been there. When I was a teenager, I would do it because I wanted it to be done. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> You're done. Not in like a, I'm scared way, but in just like a. I don't it's know. What, I don't point. know what's happening here anymore. <laughs> I've never been told that to do this. Yeah, yeah. So another, I feel like so many, so many vulva owners, like first experience with sex, they're like, hmm, "This is not good." <laughs> yeah. Why did I come here? Uh-huh. Why am I at this party? I don't want to be here. I still enjoy like the all the parts leading up to sex. For like, if I'm just getting to know someone. I like doing all the other stuff for like a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I I just go for it, but <laughs> all the other stuff is really fun too, as mm-hmm. we've talked about yeah. on the show. But um, another question we got, actually, no, this one is just for me. <laughs> this one's personal. Um, how to have conversations when you're with someone with a penis and they go soft in the middle of sex or they can't oh, stay just, hard long enough. I mean, it's just like so common. Yes. Uh, so, like, mm-hmm. the way that erections work, which are incredibly fickle, is, like, <laughs> so, blood, so like, your brain sends a, a signal to the penis that it should become aroused, and then blood flows in, and it then that's what makes an erection stay hard. And then the, the ventricles uh, tighten to keep the blood in. But, like, if something happens, like, they start to get nervous, they uh, start getting in their head, or they start thinking about work, the brain immediately tells your body, sex is done now. And like that, and like that's when usually like when you'll end up with like a, a less hard penis. So I think like the best way to handle that, or or like a non erection, entirely, is just like completely normalize it and just be like, oh cool, okay, I guess that happened. Let's do 
oral sex for me. Or <laughs> let's go out and down. Or be like, you could be like, oh babe, it's no problem. Let's make out. And you want to do some butt stuff? Yeah. <laughs> because like good sex does not need to involve penises, and like mm-hmm. we really have. I think it's like the the narratives that we have around sexuality that like you know prioritize the penis as everything has to be about the penis right it doesn't help people with penises very much that is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. right so i think just like i think being really like validating to just be like babe erection, like erections are hard to keep like that if i if i had a penis i don't know if i, I honestly if i had a penis i don't know if i'd be able to keep an erection <laughs> that sounds so complicated oh my god i, I love get, that i start thinking Make them feel like they're doing rocket science yeah. over there. <laughs> it's just like such a complicated process. Like we don't have to worry about. I mean, we do get uh, lady, uh, clitoris erections, but it's not this. It's not as. It's not as like fundamental to like the top. Mm-hmm. The, what we have at the top hierarchy of sex with like penetrative sex, which I could just talk about how that's bullshit all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, I think just being really affirming. Okay. When it's a pattern, <laughs> say in a relationship, and like it keeps happening, what do you do there? Is that therapy? Is that? Is um, that- I would definitely see it's like a sexual therapist who specializes in sexual function problems because there are a lot of because it's more likely that there's like an underlying stressor that's causing it. Uh-huh. Like like anxiety, maybe performance anxiety around like feeling like they need to measure up. Often it can become a habitual problem because mm-hmm. if it happens once, you're, you then right. become very nervous it'll happen again, which then makes it happen again, and you wind up in this, like, vicious cycle. Yeah. So going to a therapist who can actually help you work through, like, what the anxieties about it are, um, where the stressors are. They can offer a lot of, like, really great techniques and tools that can, like, help you regain confidence, like, in your penis and help with uh, the performance anxiety. Um yeah, so I would definitely see someone because, like, it, it's not – it may go away on its own, but if it starts to become quite habitual, it's unlikely because you're not doing anything to fix the underlying problems. There's nothing – it could be a medical issue, but it sounds that to me sounds like it would be more like a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not – doesn't necessarily need to be permanent. But also, I think at the same time, we just have to stop putting so much pressure on erections. It's like get a, like there's so many dildos and so many different sizes. Right. So something – Something will work. It's like when I take my reactive dog into reactive situations, it just makes the reactivity worse. Yep. <laughs> That's the kind of cycle <laughs> it made me think of. Sorry. No, you can contribute however <laughs> you want to contribute to this conversation. Okay, here's my other contribution <laughs> is that I will say my partner and I have been decentering like penetrative P and V sex. Um, he does have a penis, but it's just like as we've tried different things and not focused on that, our sex has been so much better. And we'll be at the end and be like, oh my God, you were never inside me with your penis. <laughs> and it's like, it was really fucking good. And we both had really good orgasms. And it's like, okay, well, when we get more creative and talk about different things to do, it's like, yeah, no shit. Our communication is better. Everything's been better. Mm-hmm. So decenter penises. Decenter penises. <laughs> I usually take PIV intercourse um, for heterosexual couples off the table almost immediately in sex therapy if there's sexual function problems because like it gives you a chance to explore and one of the biggest problems of keeping erections is the is the 
is the, the pressure to perform. So if you remove the penis entirely, it's like, we're not doing any of that. We're doing other stuff. And like the penis doesn't matter. And you start to explore the pressure automatically goes down. And in a lot of instances, the erections then return mm -hmm. because they're like, Oh, I'm not nervous. And Oh, I can please my partner in plenty of other ways. My penis is cool, but like don't need it and don't need to be that mm -hmm. stressed about it. Penis isn't scared anymore. It's like yeah. trying to come out and then <laughs> penis isn't scared anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Feel safe. Feel safe here. You had one more question about sex though. Oh, um, something I feel like that I see on TikTok and it's experience, like I've experienced it before and I feel like people talk about it all the time is like, if you're actively engaging in something with partner, like let's say they're going down on you and you're like, yes, just like that. But then they start going faster or completely changing what they do. Like, is there a kind way to correct them or redirect them back to what you want? Because you just told them oh, to yeah. do that. I think, <laughs> I think that that's just, it's a, sometimes the direction of like, yeah, keep doing that often translate as do it harder. Yes. Um, or faster. Or, yeah. <laughs> and like, and so they, they think they're doing what they're doing is right. So you can just mm -hmm. be like, baby, baby, can you slow down? Like you were doing it before. Or like, could you like do that thing you were just doing before that felt so good. And like, they're going to just do it. It's like, they didn't, I, it, a lot of the time when you're like, yeah, that feels so good. I think sometimes they start moving faster because they got very excited that they're doing it right. Yeah. They're like, you like that? Wait till you see this. <laughs> Turbo speed. <laughs> Turn on the nitrous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it can be very simple as to just say, like endearingly, please do that other thing that I just said. Please, yeah, sweet, sweet love. Like, babe, slow down a little bit. Slow down. I liked what you were doing before. And then we'll just do it. That's not like being like, you're terrible. <laughs> so, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you're, you're a piece of shit. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Go back to what you're doing, you piece of fucking shit. <laughs> you're like, I love you. Piss on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people respond differently. So yeah. you never know. You never know what's going to work. You never know. <laughs> I'm not here to judge. Is there anything else around conversations about sex and with a partner that is really good to like touch on or to bring up? Um, that's a very large question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there's like a, there's like a million things that are kind of a, that you should bring up. I think it can be really, um, it can be really fun to do a, if this is somebody who you're, you know, comfortable with. Um, to do a yes, no, maybe list, which like mm -hmm. is like a whole, like a really extensive list of like uh, pretty much every sex act you can think of um, from like French kissing to like tying someone up and pouring wax on their balls. So like, and I think yeah. it can be really fun to like go through and write down like, like, you know, things you wouldn't want to try, things you do want to try and things you're like, hmm, I actually haven't thought about that. Maybe. And then to compare lists with the with your partner, because I think that can open up a lot of very interesting ideas to kind of see where you might be aligning. So you might be like, oh, I, like, I had never thought of doing pegging, but like, I could be into that. <laughs> and then and then you have something else to try. I think it keeps things fresh. Mm -hmm. We've heard it as what, want, want, will, won't mm -hmm. list. Is that like the same thing? Yeah. So, same thing. Yeah. I love those um, lists. I think it's like it can really open up your mm -hmm. mind and be like, oh. Well, because then it takes it off of you a little bit, yeah. too. And you're like, well, I didn't suggest pouring wax on your balls, but this guy <laughs> here did, it is. <laughs> I'm going to check yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We love diverting the blame to something else, mm -hmm. something in someone else. Exactly. Love it. Mm -hmm. Where can our listeners continue connecting with you after this episode? Yeah, you can find me on my website at MissGigiAngle.com and Twitter and Instagram at GigiAngle. 
and my newsletter is called the G Spot, and it is on Substack. That is so perfect. <laughs> I know. I'm so blessed that my name is Gigi. What did I tell you? What did I tell all of you? I don't lie. I don't lie. I don't lie. Gigi is not here to play. And neither are we. And neither are we. And neither are you. Because you're about to have amazing sex if you can just be open and honest and a little confronty about your sex life. A little concunty. A little concunty. That sounds like you got a concussion. <laughs> I got a concunty. I got a concunty. <laughs> um, no, me. It's my line. Oh. Okay. Unless you had something to say. I was going to say thanks. I'm going to say thanks okay. to Gigi for being on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. And thank you to our listeners for listening to all of us talk. And thank you to Emma for delivering that line beautifully week <laughs> after week after week. And if you want to thank us even more, head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Dewey. It means so much to us. Leave one of the talking voices. I don't really give a fuck. Um, as long as you say something nice, I'll love you for the rest of your life. Unless and she rhymes. <laughs> and she rhymes. You see, did you hear yourself? Yeah, I did. Unless it's creepy and you're touching your pee-pee. There, I <laughs> there the you go. Me. Beautiful. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. We'll All right. see you next week. Bye. Fuck. <laughs> that was bad timing. One more time. One. Three, two, one. <laughs>